I'm a modern man, a man for the millennium, digital and smoke-free, a diversified multicultural postmodern deconstructionist, politically, anatomically, and ecologically incorrect. Hey, Brian Miller here, and thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Thursday Thoughts, all about loving people we've never met. I can only recall having a deep emotional reaction to two celebrities' deaths in my life. The first was George Carlin. I grew up listening to George Carlin's comedy albums on the floor of the tiny bedroom I shared with my little brother before he got home from school and watching his groundbreaking HBO specials quietly in the living room after my parents went to sleep. Shh, don't tell them. More than any other comedian, George Carlin had a way with words that borders on philosophy. He used language in a way I had never heard before. He played with it. He was gut-splittingly hilarious one second, childishly goofy the next, and deeply profound just moments later. I was captivated. I'm new wave, but I'm old school, and my inner child is outward bound. I'm a hot-wired, heat-seeking, warm-hearted, cool customer, voice-activated and biodegradable. I interface with my database, my database is in cyberspace, so I'm interactive, I'm hyperactive, and from time to time, I'm radioactive. As I progressed through my teenage years and began developing my art as a comedy magician, he was my hero, my North Star, my idol. Even my extended family knew how much I loved him. I received no less than four copies of his book, Brain Droppings, as gifts one year. In 2006, my mom surprised me for my 18th birthday with tickets to see him live at a casino about an hour away. This was a big deal. Growing up, we weren't poor by any stretch, but we weren't well off either. Tickets to see a superstar and an out-of-town day trip was a big deal. I remember bubbling with excitement, sitting in the theater, barely able to contain myself. The lights went down, the spotlight turned on, and he emerged. The crowd went bananas. He may as well have been the Pope, although he may have also taken offense to that analogy. The first five minutes of his set were masterful. A tour de force that transcended categorization. It wasn't merely stand-up comedy. It wasn't merely poetry. It wasn't merely social philosophy. It was something only George Carlin could or would ever do. I bought a microwave at a mini mall. I bought a minivan at a megastore. I eat fast food in the slow lane. I'm toll-free, bite-sized, ready to wear, and I come in all sizes. A fully equipped, factory authorized, hospital tested, clinically proven, scientifically formulated medical miracle. I've been pre-washed, pre-cooked, pre-heated, pre-screened, pre-approved, pre-packaged, post-dated, freeze-dried, double-wrapped, vacuum-packed, and I have an unlimited broadband capacity. Our theater gave him a standing ovation after the opening piece. And then he settled into the meat of the act, and something changed. It wasn't funny anymore. It felt angry, bitter, resentful. The laughs stopped, and we all noticed in our own time that he seemed unwell. He looked smaller, thinner, and stiffer than we remembered him. After the show, we were mostly quiet on the drive home. It wasn't a great show, and we both knew it. My mom was trying not to say anything for fear of acknowledging that this once-in-a-lifetime gift hadn't quite lived up to its promise. So I broke the silence. That opening bit was amazing, wasn't it? Yes, she exclaimed. And then we reminisced about all the great things Carlin had accomplished in his career and reveled in the immeasurable joy he'd brought to both of our lives. Two years later, on June 22nd, 2008, the news broke. George Carlin had died. 
It was just four months after his final HBO special, It's Bad For Ya, had aired, where he looked healthier, vibrant, and upbeat. I was sitting alone in my dorm room on my laptop when I read the news, and I instantly started crying, weeping, really. I didn't even understand the reaction I was having. I didn't cry in sad movies or at emotional music. Why did this stranger's death, a man I'd never met, a simple entertainer, have such a profound impact on me? During that same period, ages 13 to 21 or so, I was living an alternate life. In one life, I was an aspiring comedian and magician, launching my business at 16 years old and starting to work in restaurants and at private events. In the other life, I was an aspiring rock star. To be specific, a guitarist. I've spoken plenty on this channel about my history with music and guitar in particular. In fact, I did even recently a couple of times, so I'll, I'll spare you the details. My biggest influence, my hero, my idol as a guitarist was Eddie Van Halen. Eddie revolutionized the guitar. He didn't just play better than anyone had before. He reimagined what it could sound like, what it could be used for, and how it could be manipulated. There is no more copied guitarist in the history of the instrument than Eddie Van Halen. I didn't just emulate, okay, copy, his playing style and technique. I had an artistic buddy of mine, Adam Krutinger, who you actually know from this channel. Uh, I had him spray paint the Van Halen logo on the back of my fake leather jacket. I asked my dad to buy me a pair of plain white shoes so I could paint the iconic red, white, and black stripes on them. I made my friends listen to the Van Halen catalog on repeat and wore out my VHS tape of Live Without a Net, their first in-concert video. In 2004, The Impossible happened. Van Halen reunited with their second singer, Sammy Hagar. That tour went down in flames, but before it imploded, my father took me to not one, but two concerts on the tour, in Buffalo first, and then in Cleveland two weeks later. Eddie was having major drug and alcohol problems on that tour, or at least it seemed. His playing was erratic and unpredictable. In Buffalo, my first time ever seeing him live, he sucked. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Thankfully, in Cleveland, two weeks later, he was playing like the god he was, and it was a miracle to behold. Eddie Van Halen died on October 6th, 2020, just a few weeks ago as I wrote this episode. The news came as a shock. I mean, yeah, he, he'd been sick with throat cancer for a decade or longer, but when someone lives with a disease for that long, you just assume they're going to keep beating the odds. In that time, he's released a new album, he toured the world, and he made plenty of media appearances, looking healthy, sober, and amazing. He was only 65. I've cried multiple times since his death. The music industry's outpouring love has been extraordinary. Everyone from Pete Townsend to Ozzy Osbourne, Tom Morello to John Mayer, Tony Iommi to Cat Stevens have openly grieved Eddie's passing. I'm getting choked up making this episode, but, but why? I didn't know the guy. He wasn't a friend or family member. I never even met him in passing. He was just a great guitar player whose music I enjoyed. So what gives? And here is the point of this episode. Connection from afar. This year I lost my aunt, my grandmother, a kind magician who taught me when I was a teenager, and Eddie Van Halen. They are not all equal, of course. I grieved each of their deaths differently, but I grieved them all. It's easy to think that deep human connection is something that can only be achieved in person, face-to-face, -face, and over a long period of time. 
In my book, Three New People, I defined human connection as the mutually beneficial exchange of emotional data. Clearly, this is true of my grandmother, with whom I shared a 32-year deep, mutually beneficial emotional relationship. It's also true of that kind magician who, although I only knew him for a brief period of time, exchanged with me his knowledge of magic for the joy of teaching and mentoring an aspiring artist, mutually beneficial. And this is also true of Eddie Van Halen. He shared with me his beautiful music, the soundtrack of my most formative years, and transferred to me a profound love of the guitar, which has and will carry the rest of my days. And in return, he received the love and adoration from a global fan base, me included, who listened, lived, and shared his music. There's no greater gift for an artist than to see their art making people happy, and Eddie's music, not to mention that infectious smile, did just that. It would be a mistake to believe we cannot connect meaningfully with someone even if we've never met them. I've never met many of you, most of you, and yet you continue to watch this channel week after week. To some degree, we've made a connection. It may not be as profound as the relationships I've described here, but it's a connection nonetheless. So go, make your art, do your work, make an impact, share your ideas, put kindness and generosity into the work, and even if no one ever writes back, recognize that you are still making a connection. Not with everyone, but maybe with someone. You may never meet them. They may never write to you or bump into you in the street and tell you how important your work or your words are to them. You may never know, but they need you. They need you all the same. And you, you need them. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Thursday Thoughts. If you enjoyed this, of course, hit the like button. Share this episode with someone who cares about the work they're doing and maybe doesn't feel like it's being noticed, seen, heard, or appreciated. They might need to hear this this week, especially with everything going on in the world right now. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I put out one of these Thursday Thoughts episodes almost every Thursday. It used to be every Thursday. Now that I have an infant in the house, I, I do like as often as I can. Uh, the next season of my podcast, Beyond Networking, will be debuting in January. I have some news on that coming up in just a few weeks. It's going to be a very special themed season of the podcast and another big new project announcement that is not quite ready to be announced yet. But it's coming. There's some really cool stuff on the way. Uh, that said, my name is Brian Miller. Thanks so much for sticking with me. Links to all the other stuff in the description down below. Connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram if you'd like. My book, Three New People, is, of course, on Amazon. I make, I don't know, a couple of bucks per sale. It's not like I'm trying to get you to buy the thing because it's going to make me money. But I think if you're watching these episodes, you'd probably enjoy that Book. Having said all that, always remember our world is a shared experience. Every interaction is meaningful and every person we meet, even virtually, especially virtually, is important. I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.